Hello, welcome to the Club Soda Podcast. I'm Drew Yeager and I'm here with the ever delightful Laura Willoughby. How are you, Laura? Hello, it's me. I'm here too. I'm here too. How are you? Uh, I'm good, thank you. Um, Yeah, all is pretty good in my world, all things considered. Uh, Well, we're galloping towards the opening of of the shop, which I guess you would have seen a lot about already if you've been following our social handles, because we'll be running a crowdfunder to help us open. So um, I, if if I'm not coherent in this interview, if I don't talk in four sentences, don't go, oh, that's Laura as normal. Think, oh, yeah, she's really tired because she's working really hard on the shop. Is that yeah. right, Drew? That is very true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And also, because we're recording this before the podcast goes out, I was just, as you were saying that, I was doing sums in my head going, is the crowdfunder actually live at the point that this podcast hits yeah, the world? Yeah, it is. And if not, you've actually just set me a deadline. So thanks for that. Much appreciated. That's all right. Anyway, um, so this week we are talking to the brilliant Yasmin Spark, and uh, this episode is kicking off a series to come, which starts next week. We've got five episodes focusing on Black History Month, people's experiences. Um, Laura, how did you meet Yas originally? Actually, Yaz came up to me at a trade show um, and um, she's amazing and full of energy. And she's like, I've been following you and I've wanted to meet you and I do all of this. And I was like, that sounds amazing. We should talk about it. It's it's brilliant. And so we've been talking about it ever since. And then um, actually Yaz came to talk to, uh, first of all, we discussed an idea that I really hope happens, which is that um, Yaz wants to do a uh, an alcohol free drinks festival aimed at the black community next year, which would be absolutely stonking idea. But I said, well, how about this year you take over our podcast for Black History Month? Because that would be really good because um, I know it's an issue we want to talk more about and for which I am totally unqualified, as are you, Drew, to have a perspective on. We can do the queer yeah. stuff, but yeah. that's about it. So, yeah. so Yaz, Yaz gets to take it over. Yeah, and uh, and here it is. Yasmin Spark, welcome to the Club Soda Podcast. How on earth are you? Hi, Drew. Thanks for having me. I'm really good. I'm really good. Um, and Laura's here as well with us. How are you, Laura? I'm great. I'm great. Um, so, uh, Yaz, um, how is it that we are having this conversation? How did you emerge into our lives as a person of significance that we should be having a conversation with? Where did you come from? Uh, I came from the ether. No, I met, so I basically like accosted Laura at this trade show and was like, Laura, you're so cool. Um, I really want to do this, blah, blah, blah. And Laura was like, I think she was in the middle of like a photo shoot or something was recording us. She was like, okay, take my number, like, <laughs> catch up later. Um, and then very graciously, and a thank you to you both, Laura said, why don't you take over the podcast for Black History Month? And I was like, yes, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I think, I think basically the answer is if you want my attention, tell me I'm cool, right? That's it. <laughs> you are cool, Laura. Um, yeah, yeah, no longer works between us. We know each other too well. <laughs> I know, I know. But I think uh, what's amazing, Yaz, is um, uh, we always are excited to see people who've got energy for this subject. But, you know, people who've got energy for alcohol-free and alcohol-free drinks and talk about alcohol-free all have their own stories that brought us to the, the place that we are. So um, I, I want to know a bit more about why you're here, why, why, why you're interested in talking about not drinking. 
Sure. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I've been sober for um, six years now. Mm. Is accounting, and um, I I suppose within that journey, you know, a, a lot I noticed a lot of things as well as as healing. Um, I noticed that the sober spaces I were I was in were uh, very white. Um, they they were not actually in in the beginning. I was we're talking like twenty sixteen. They're quite masculine led as well. Um, so it felt it didn't feel that safe. Um, you know, as a black woman, especially as a black queer woman as well. You know, it it just didn't feel that safe. And then. Um, on the flip side, when I would go out and look for drinks, you know, back in 20, 2016, 2017, there was absolutely nothing. <laughs> like there was, it was like lime and soda or uh, Coca-Cola. Um, and I just thought, God, this is awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then through all that journey up until 2021-2022, I decided that I was going to do something about it. So I created a mobile bar um, that makes non-alcoholic cocktails. So that was one side. But then on the other side, it also started reaching out to other black sober people within the communities that I knew and also online so that we can try and build um, a supportive community for us all, for black people and for people of colour, because Mm. we're still not that represented in in the sober scene the mindful drinking scene whatever you want to call it yeah and it's and it's really important because you know I you know I believe that you you get more when you join communities of people like yourself that understand who you are and which is why funnily enough club soda attracts people in the older age range because we're a bit older and we're very queer friendly because we're queer but we can't be everything to everyone so it's great for us to be able to point people to you and the others in the space but we also lack any visible disability people with disability or neurodiversity in this space as well and so there's a little bit of a call out to say that if you begin to reach out just like you have Yaz there are people out there to connect with and we'd love to hear from you and we'd love to help give platform as well so just mm. to say that um but what do you think because when you gave up say I'm 10 years and you're six years when you first gave up where did you look for for help and inspiration where where what would have been more useful for you at that time um and what is it what's that gap that you can try and fill with bringing together all of those influences that you're beginning to talk to now so I think when I first uh, gave up it was this is going to age me it was Facebook that was where all of the <laughs> communities gathered right that's how we worry well, yeah, as it ages all of us <laughs> that's how we got in contact um and but but sobriety and you know drug and alcohol misuse we weren't talking about that we were still talking uh, about um, and we've not stopped talking about the uh, fight for equality, um, you know, racism, racial prejudice, trying to organise within ourselves and within our communities. So it felt like that was more important. Um, that at the same time, for me personally, while I was trying to um, get sober, all of the the pain and the stress that comes with activism sometimes was actually like a, a major stressor on me. So I um, just put the little money that I had into um, using BAANT, which is the Black and Asian Therapist Network. Um, And I found a therapist on there 
because I, I, for me personally, and I do believe it's important for us to have um, therapists that look like us and can understand where we're coming from. Um, and I started my journey there. Mm. Can you can we kind of wind back a bit? Yeah, because I'm always really interested. There are lots of people listening to Club Soda podcast who are on the verge of change, who are just thinking, is it worthwhile quitting? Is it worthwhile working out how to cut down? For you, was there a a moment where you knew that you had to change or was it a growing realisation? Or how did you actually get from being a person who drinks to being a person who doesn't drink? What was that, what was that journey like for you? So yeah, it was it wasn't it was a moment which was like the final moment, right, too, because you know, you have all these little periods where you go, Oh God, I'm never drinking again. But it was really um when I I couldn't manage myself anymore. And what I mean is I was living my life, but I didn't know why I was living it. I was I had a job, I had a partner, I had a house, everything told me in society standards, yeah, Western society standards, I'm doing great but actually I felt nothing inside I was so miserable I was using alcohol to cope with it um but on the surface if you saw me you just think oh yeah you know she's a good time girl like everything's fine um then I just I I actually got diagnosed with a heart condition um and I was just like you know what I just can't deal with any of this let me go and and get therapy I'm really interested that you went the the therapy route do you because often we talk about the fact that you can stop drinking um but there's still a, a lot of shit to deal with afterwards and sometimes if you don't deal with that stopping drinking isn't as easy how did that therapy help you change your relationship with alcohol was it like you went to therapy and gave up or was it a slow um, realization of dealing with your issues that allowed you to to come to terms with the fact that you were going to give up drinking what what was that relationship between that behavior change for you yeah it was pretty it was pretty early on uh, in through the therapeutic process but it wasn't straight away you know um and so it was really a realization that that I do I do have some issues that I needed to work on and that I couldn't do that with clarity and, and actually real honesty with myself uh while alcohol was still present in my life and I was still using it as a kind of like a softener or a little a comforter um to deal with my emotions hmm. I think that's really interesting and did it I guess also through therapy what you do is you begin to work about how you want to lead the life that you want to lead because that's ultimately where you're going you know without some of the the things that are going on in your life and so I guess some of that was pointing you to a life where alcohol wasn't present anymore. Yeah, 100%. And and part of the process was, uh, you know, I also went to group meetings, AA meetings, um, and I would just dip in dip in and out, but that really helped me as well, finding that community. Um, even though it wasn't a perfect community, it's it's always good, right? Like we said, like to sit there and to, to feel like I'm not alone, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, Really yeah yeah one of the things that you mentioned was about you know what the world looked like um when you started changing and kind of the whiteness and the maleness of it one of the things that i uh reflect on is that actually if you imagine a drinker 
in the UK, most people are going to picture a white man. You know, there is something, there's something very kind of white and very masculine about our drinking culture. And I wonder that whether that gets reflected in the dominant view of what our sobriety culture looks like. It's the same types of voices, the same types of people who are dominating that narrative in sobriety world as it is in drinking world. Has that been your impression of it? And and what's that like to live with as a as a as a black person yeah it's yes it's a microcosm of society isn't it (laughs) there's there's any society within the society so uh there is a there is a certain representation over representation um i think of of older white men actually um but what's what's really interesting now uh is that there there are the emergence of um certainly a, gen- a younger generation that have uh, turned their back on alcohol or are just talking on Instagram or TikTok about, about that. But, you know, what you don't see and is black and people of colour, you don't see us talking about our relationships with alcohol. It's not visible. Um, and so when I was speaking to some of the amazing people that I'm speaking to on the podcast, we were kind of asking questions about why is that? Why don't we talk about that? Also, why aren't we represented what's going on mm-hmm. um it was really interesting I think one person uh I was talking to him and he was saying yeah I went to this amazing sober event blah 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 and I said okay how many people of color were there he was like oh yeah I was the only one I was like right so we have work to do I think it's really interesting as though because um I mean Holly Whitaker's book um about quit like a woman really points to the fact that there's there's sort of two things going on. AA does tend to be very male and very white and not necessarily a very safe place for, for women either. And it's based along the idea that you give yourself up to a higher power. And as women, we've been trying to tell people, no, you have the power. You you are in charge of your own destiny. And I guess that might have some similarities for other marginalised groups, um, which is that, you know, you if you want to build your self-esteem, you're not giving up your power to anyone. And so some of that language is really not useful. Um, and so, so you've got that. And then actually online communities can tend to be very women dominated. And when I set up Club Soda in 2015, it was very dominated by women of my age in our late 30s, early 40s. And then slowly younger women started to enter as Instagram got more popular. And then men came last to the online discussion. So I wonder, do you see that reflected as well in, in, do you think the next wave of people being a bit more open will be people from the black community? Or do you think that there's still some stigma that stops, will stop that happening? I'm hopeful that it will be people of colour and black people. I'm hopeful. Um, I do think there is a lot of work to do in terms of actually in our in our societies and in the UK, a lot more research and a lot more uh, work and service provision needs to be done to actually um, reach out to people in our communities because, and I do touch on it briefly, I think with Michael, um, there is... I won't say a distrust or mistrust, and I can't speak for everybody, um, but there is often a disconnect between who has access to certain services, rehab services, mental health services, um, and who doesn't. So, yeah, it's it, there is a lot of work to do. I won't, uh, you know, I won't sugarcoat it. But the positive thing is we're having these conversations, we're getting out there, we're connecting, and we're starting to build community. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's a really, really good thing. So in your personal journey as well, like many people will um, quit drinking and get on with life as life. You know, you carry on doing what you're doing. Um, in your journey of, of changing your drinking, this has become not just personal endeavor, but also career endeavor for you as, right, as well, right? So could you tell us a bit about how your business started and what that's about? Sure. Tell us about your growing, Yaz. Tell us about your growing. You're like a magician. You grow things. <laughs> um, yes. Well, we're coming. We're coming to the end of the season now, um, but it's a good time for blackberries. Anyway, so <laughs> I was at a spa with my mum for my birthday. And it was like the final straw. You know, when you have an idea and you mull over it and then something happens and you're like, that's it. So it was my birthday and they didn't have any non-alcoholic options. And I was really miserable. And they came out with two, I think they were like two Mai Tais or something for my mum. So she had a great time. Um, And I just thought, you know what? I can't be the only person who doesn't drink, who is sick of like not having a gorgeous theatrical like amazing drink to drink uh, because because and why not right it's like just because we don't drink so what we must have our taste buds have died and I must be a very boring person no like we want the same experience we want the glamour we want the fun and we just don't want alcohol as part of it so uh I said to my fiance I was like we need to build a bar. And luckily he is a carpenter. So he was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, always good to get an enthusiastic partner on board. Um, and we had our first, we just, sorry, we designed the set list of cocktails, reached out uh, to Alcohol Change UK, who are the charity that I wanted to sponsor personally, because I think they've got some amazing resources um and they really do so much research and work to help people in alcohol recovery and they also have done research for black and people of color in recovery and our drinking habits um and they were amazing and they were like yeah whatever whatever you need to support you um so it's like a, I don't know it's like a, a mutual relationship and I just I'm just really pleased and proud that actually I get to do a job that aligns with like who I am and my purpose mm. um, and the the work that I want to do which is provide fun and safe spaces for non-drinkers to celebrate um with the ambition of actually helping uh helping ourselves and our society so that in the end you know the goal is that that everyone will <laughs> switch to non-alcoholic drinks but I, I think that's a long way off <laughs> <laughs> Maybe who knows? You know, it is really important though about choice. One of the things that I always reflect on is how you know you say about you know people who people feeling kind of poorly served by alcohol-free options. It's just the simple fact that two thirds of us drink once a week or less. Most people in this country don't drink very often at all. And if we're going into social spaces or into um, other environments where alcohol is the only option massive numbers of us are being let down in mm. that because there just aren't good alcohol-free things. So it's not just like this niche pursuit for people who never drink alcohol. There are lots of people who rarely drink alcohol who are equally as let down by the inability of venues to get their heads around the fact that real drinks don't have to contain booze. 
or even worse than the fact that, that they're being let down by the experience they feel forced to have a drink when they don't want one which is also really really bad and I speak to people all the time who say well you know I had a drink in the end tonight because there wasn't anything else there or I felt it was expected of me. So it, it's like a double whammy, isn't it? Poor experience and pressure, societal pressure to do something you don't want to do. That's not consent, people. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Yes, what's your, what's your favourite alcohol-free uh, cocktail to be making right now? Um, at the moment, I am ex experimenting with uh it's a non-alcoholic charcoal martini um from no i can't find it there's a book behind me um and there are these amazing new york bartenders um and the original has alcohol in so i have been practicing um it ready in time for halloween to make a little uh charcoal non-alcoholic martini so it's so it's so it's a martini but it's black yeah how it's cool so cool. <laughs> um, when I spoke to you a few um, weeks ago, you were making, you were doing something with blackberries and bramble and, and a shrub that you make. Tell me about that one. So that was our um, bubbles bramble. So we grow the blackberries and the apples for our bramble in our garden. So I think, I'm not sure when we spoke, Laura, but I was yeah, crushing blackberries and then also, because we don't have an apple press, right, cooking the apples and then you have to strain it through a muslin cloth for like six hours. <laughs> so that's what I get up to. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> and what makes it, what makes it a bubbles? Oh, because our slogan, so the company is called Align Events and our slogan is Bubbles Without Troubles. Nice, Bubbles I Without Troubles. Scramble. Yeah, so what's it got in it? It's got apples, it's got blackberries. Um, which is basically, it's like an ancient English technique um, for preserving um, fruit, making like a, a fruit almost a liqueur but obviously there's no alcohol so it's a shrub so you can distill um any fruit or herb in a mixture of vinegar and water and a little bit of sugar uh and you can do any combination you want so we were doing apple blackberry um and it's so yummy brilliant brilliant and then there's is uh, so what other ingredients you've got is it just an apple and blackberry shrub or is there more going on in the cocktail there's apple and blackberry shrub, and then there is uh, lemon, and um, oh my gosh, I think I had a lavender essence in in the this one because I like to switch it up. So you shake that up hard over ice, um, and then you just do a little pour in a nice tumbler. You can put like a squeeze of lemon across the top, and that's it. It's really simple. Like I don't like to complicate things too much, mm-hmm. but the aim was to also replicate the taste of a bramble and I don't know if you um remember the taste of a bramble but a bramble is like quite like quite sour and quite hard because like mm-hmm. mostly um liquor and lemon so yeah I was just trying to get the balance right yeah yeah it's quite a bramble it's quite full-on it, it it looks like when it, it looks like it's going to be fruity it looks like it's going to be eating like like apple and blackberry crumble and then it's more like being smacked in the face with a lemon Right. That's yeah. exactly it. And I did test it um, on some people and they were like, yes, 
this is this is it. They were like, it's not too sweet. I don't like them to be too sweet. This is excellent. Um, so yeah, really excitingly, um, we are on the verge of a podcast collaboration with you. Our first episode in that series goes out next week, um, uh, celebrating Black History Month. What was the genesis of that idea for you that you wanted to do something about that? Um, well, I think I've said like as uh, felt a bit like there needs to be more representation within the sober and non-drinking communities. Um, and then I, what I want to do, and I'm, I'm still planning it, and I hope that it comes to fruition, is I want to put on a mindfulness a wellness festival which obviously focus on non-drinking for people of colour and black people. And I want to do that next year. And so when I ran up to Laura <laughs> at the event, I was like, I want to do this. Um, and we we talked about it. And then actually Laura was like, okay, what about the podcast as a starting point? And I thought, that's great. You know, that's it, podcasts are great because they're such an easily digestible for, like um, format. So you don't need to, you know, if somebody is just doing whatever driving or whatever they can just tune in and listen and I think that's a really great way to reach out to our communities mm-hmm. um, without in a in a softer way because I know people are busy and we're going through a lot at the moment um, as we have been for the past four or five years <laughs> the past four or five <laughs> centuries yeah so <laughs> so I just I want it to be a call in and I think like anybody that listens and you feel like you want to reach out, like, please do. That's the thing. We are all, Mm -hmm. the the end goal is to build our communities and to get together in spaces and places online and offline where we can um, support each other and also just have fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So could you just give us kind of an overview? Where are we going with this, with this five-week arc? Uh, What's what's on the the menu? Okay, so uh, we, each episode has um, a different theme. So we start off with the amazing Valerie Mason John, aka Vimana Sara, um, who is an amazing writer and also Buddhist um, addiction recovery teacher. Um, and I think in the UK we have never had um, an addiction recovery specialist uh, run like co-founded, created by a black person um, uh, who has also gone through the journey. So it's really powerful um, and I'm grateful to them for taking the time. And then we move through to uh, the other side, which is more practical tips and tricks. Um, On to Sober Joy, and that's testimonies from uh, black and uh, people of colour who are Instagrammers in recovery. Then we go to the wonderful Dina, who is uh, she she is a black Muslima and she runs um, a PR agency. So we're talking a little bit about that experience and actually how black Muslims and black Muslims are often left out of the Black History Month discourse. And then we finish with the amazing Lazarus Letcher, who will be talking about so many things. Right. So primarily we were focusing on. Um, art and music and creating while sober but Lazarus is an activist as well um, a queer activist and also just does a whole host of things so we kind of 
opened up that dialogue. You'll see at the end. I'm not explaining it very well. You'll hear at the end. I'm not explaining it very well. But um, everything, yeah. each episode really is its own piece um, within itself. But the connection, I think, is that we every single speaker, you know, is black or a person of colour, but they all have a different experience right yeah. so that's that's also important to to highlight yeah absolutely i mean it's one of the things which i guess you know events like black history month we should say you know it's lgbt history month in the states we swap around at the other end of the year um we're based in the uk so which is why we're talking about black history but right now um you know we do have queer voices this month as well but um i guess one of the things that the, the whole idea of a black history month or a, or a queer history month is that you know, if you're not part of that community, it can give the impression that there is this monolithic story to tell, you know, and there is a really important thing, isn't there, about education to say, you know, if you if your if your worldview is dominated by the thoughts of white people, especially white men, you are getting a narrow view of history. There is the need to kind of open um our dialogue to create space for voices that haven't been heard and have been actively excluded. But like, it's really important that also then to recognise that no individual is a spokesperson for the lives of billions of others. You know, there are individual histories and individual stories to tell in that. I think that's really exciting. You brought together such a diverse group of people to tell their stories about sobriety and change and joy and, you know, exploring the world and becoming who they are in the context of everything I think that's really really exciting absolutely and I think I'd also just want to add in there that if there are anyone else from other communities or feel that they've got a voice that isn't heard very often our podcast is open for that and do get in touch because I think you know uh, there isn't enough space for that at the moment and so we can provide some of that so yeah yeah. Um, so we're, we're recording this. Uh, you're kind of midway through recording the episodes uh, coming up, Yaz. And I just wonder what's been a highlight for you so far from this experience? Just, just hearing people's stories. And also I decided to sneak in like a little cheeky question, uh, which you'll hear, but I asked the same question at the end of like every um episode so I loved hearing the responses I've loved hearing the responses to that one question yeah are you, are you gonna tell us what the question is or are you just gonna have to listen and find out as a surprise but it's uh it's obviously it's related not maybe not obviously but it's related to joy okay interesting okay we will we will look out for it and be very very excited about it um and Yaz what's um what's next for you what's going on beyond this what's go what's going on in your world what are you excited about what's what's growing literally or maybe not um for you um yeah how is your world developing yeah well okay what is still growing are the tomatoes. We're still harvesting the tomatoes and the chilies. So that is actually really exciting. Are you kidding? It's <laughs> so late in the year and you've still got tomatoes growing. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm so pumped, so pumped. So that <laughs> is, that's that's what's exciting. I mean, on a, <laughs> on a professional <laughs> level, we've got some really great um, pop-ups. So we're going to be at Bexley Heath Night Market um, down in just on the outskirts of London that's at the last that's the last Friday in September I think it's the 30th um, and then 
before that, on the 22nd, I can't say anything about it, but we are doing a very exciting um, brunch cocktail for a beauty brand, which you'll find out by the time this is released, but I just can't say anything. You can't say it. No, no, that's, that's absolutely fine. And when you, like, so you're six years, six years into your journey of uh, sobriety, can you imagine what life will be like at year 12 if you kind of project yourself another six years into the future how different do you imagine life might be what do you hope for I actually can't like I can't predict it because um even through the process of doing this podcast I have grown and I've changed so much um I think that's the beauty about being human right we just keep evolving we keep becoming the next version of ourselves so but when you say that, it's really hard because I might have a vision now, but that vision will not be the same as as who I become in year 12, which is also really exciting. <laughs> so, Yaz, thank you so much for um, uh, being at the, the helm of this for over the next um, five weeks. I'm really, really excited about this this podcast series that's coming up. I guess one thing which is really important, I feel like, for, for me to say as a white person, as a white man, is that um, I, uh, A, voices like mine take up too much space in the world. So it's really important that we step back and we, and we, and we leave space for others. But also I think it's really important that we listen as well. I think one of the lines that we tread during Black History Month is um, that uh, people might go, oh, yeah, this is content for black people, so I'm going to turn off. And um, and I really, really hope that people don't because it is so important, I think, for all of us to listen to other people's experiences and especially people's whose experience is radically different than our own. It's so easy to get blinkered into a particular worldview and not see the diversity of of view and opinion and also then because when you don't see the diversity of view and opinion you don't actually understand what you hold in common as well you just imagine that the whole world looks like you and you imagine that these people who don't look like you you've got nothing in common with and that's just not true so I just I just I want to call out to white people especially if you are tuning into this series amplify these voices make them loud in your world make sure that people are listening and paying attention it's really really matters thank you so much Drew and also don't just amplify in October (laughs) (laughs) we exist all the year round you can help us you can talk to us anytime Absolutely, and and definitely, Yaz, we we will hear from you other parts of the year. We won't just contain you in October. (laughs) Which is very exciting. Um, Yaz, if people want to to connect with you and be part of your world and the stuff that you are doing, um, uh, A, what kind of things are you wanting to do in the world? And also then how can people connect with you? Sure, so uh, working on a few things if you want to just say hi um, and like have a chat then my instagram my personal instagram is the best place that's at sugarwaterxx if you're interested in the non-alcoholic events we also do um non-alcoholic cocktail classes and shrub making you can find us on www.bubbleswithouttroubles.com or at align underscore events underscore on most social media um, 
And if you're interested in getting involved with the, the festival next year, or we are also doing a collab with Sober Black Brit, um, again, message me on at SugarWaterXX and we can have a chat. So, yeah, I'm around. Brilliant. Brilliant. We will put links for all of those things in the show notes. Um, you're going to hear a lot more from Yaz over the coming uh, month. Uh, there's lots, lots, lots more to say. But for now, Yaz, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been an honour. So, Laura, what do you think? That, that's like, what do I think of Yaz? What do I think of what Yaz says? Well, I think Yaz is amazing, and I think what Yaz says is amazing, so I guess it's the answer to both. <laughs> I think um, uh, it's, uh, it, uh, you know, um, Yaz is a great breath of fresh air. I was really pleased to meet her. I'm, if you're in ever any doubt about saying hello to me, then don't be in any doubt. Say hello, because I'm really glad that Yaz waited to speak to me at something I was at and 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 waved and and showed that she was present in the world doing what she did and that we could give her this opportunity, but also share her story on this particular episode. So it's great. Yeah. I mean, I also think the other lesson that we could take that from that, Laura, is don't approach you unless you're willing to host a five-part podcast series, because that is what grew out of that conversation quite remarkably. And um, and I'm really excited about everything that's coming up over the next month. And I'm really <laughs> pleased that uh, we can host that conversation here on Clubside Podcast and, and amplify those voices and make them bigger in the world. Um, and as Yaz said at the end of our interview, doing that not just in October, but throughout the year as well. So we've got some episodes which Yaz is recording, which we can't fit in Black History Month. that just aren't enough Fridays. We're going to be scheduling those over the rest of the year and into the new year as well. Um, and it's, yeah, really exciting. I'm really, I'm really excited that Clubside could be a part of doing that. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, fantastic. And and as I always say, as I did say in the podcast, if you've got a story to share or um, a community perspective to bring or want to raise issues of all sorts of diversity, then do get in touch and let us know there's some space for you here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do get in touch with us. We are at Join Club Soda across social media. We are joinclubsoda.com for everything else. Um, we are kicking off next week this amazing series that Yaz is hosting. Um, she's uh, interviewing Valerie Mason John. That podcast is going to be out next Friday, um, looking at staying sober in a world that's burning with more good stuff to follow throughout um, October. Um, so do look, do look out for that. And as I say, please do like and share those podcasts um it helps us in terms of growing our audience and it helps um uh the black community and people of color in getting those messages out and creating space for more diverse voices to be heard uh thank you so much for your company and we will chat with you again soon cheers cheers <laughs>